Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is Trevor Stores from Full Press Coverage and Rest the District. Hey, Trev, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing this evening? Uh, doing great, doing great. And then we all start, I'll just kick off the show real quick by just saying, first of all, thanking all of our servicemen and women. Happy Veterans Day. Yes. Thank you for your service. A big good thank you for you. We wouldn't be able to do all this nonsense and waste all this airtime without you. Uh, you're giving us the freedom to do it. So thank you, veterans, for making our nonsense possible. All right. With that said, and making good on the fact that I'm talking about nonsense, everybody must. Everybody probably follows Trev, all right? And if you don't follow Trev, follow him now on Twitter, okay? Follow yeah, me right now on Twitter. Trev Absolutely. Do it. Make it That's happen. right. Definitely make it happen because he tweeted out recently about the fact that Ron Rivera and the Washington football team are going to be coming to Carolina to play potentially Cam Newton in week 11, uh, which I think is absolutely fascinating. He said he's going to be picking out his favorite flavor of popcorn, but he failed to tell all his followers what his favorite popcorn was. So here we are with exclusive reveal. Tell him, tell him, Trev, what's your favorite popcorn? Kettle corn, so it's not even, I don't even know if you count that as popcorn, but it's kettle corn. Yeah. But if we're actually yeah. talking about like microwavable back of the back of popcorn, I'm going to have to go with a little bit of, uh, bring a little butter on top and dab a little uh, Parmesan cheese on there too. Call it a day. He's fancy, guys. He's, he's, he's a fancy popcorn guy. Yeah, I mean, my, mine has salt. That's what I usually have my popcorn with. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but I do bad, love kettle corn. Not too much salt, bro. No, not too much salt. Not too much. Just, you know, just a little sprinkle of salt. You know, give it a little flavor. I do love kettle corn, though, so I'm on board with that. We see eye to eye on that, just like everything else. So, anyway, you heard it here first. Trev, kettle corn, or microwave popcorn, butter, and Parmesan. Oh, what a disparity there is there. All right, we got plenty to talk about today, including Odell Beckham Jr. signing with the Rams, which only happened a few hours ago. Cam Newton back with the Carolina Panthers. The Washington football team's season outlook coming off the bye, previewing uh, of the Week 10 NFC East matchup, as well as fantasy football plays, and much, much more. So, hey, let's get this rolling. And let's start with Odell Beckham Jr. So, as we talked about last week, his father, <laughs> right, who was father publicly slammed uh, quarterback Baker Mayfield last week of an 11-minute, 24-second video highlighting the times that OBJ was open and Mayfield didn't throw them home. Guess what? He doesn't have to worry about that anymore. They've managed to separate from the Cleveland Browns, and he was released to waivers. He passed through waivers unclaimed, which meant OBJ could sign as a free agent anywhere he wanted, and he was heavily pursued by the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs, Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints, New England Patriots, and Seattle Seahawks. But ultimately, OBG say, OBJ signed with the Los Angeles Rams on a one-year deal. The Rams recently lost to Sean Jackson, but still have a potent wide receiver core of Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson, not to mention Tyler Higby at tight end. And this is a week after the Rams signed Von Miller to bolster their, their, their defense. This is definitely looks like a win-now team right now. The Rams lead the NFL in total offensive season behind a potent passing attack led by Stafford, who is first in the NFL 
with 2,771 passing yards. Cup is the team's number one receiver and leads the NFL in receptions with 74, receiving yards with 1,019, and touchdown receptions at 10. He leads them in all those three categories. So this team runs through Cooper Cup, and in walks OBJ. Hmm. <laughs> well, Trev, what do you think? What about this fit between uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and the Los Angeles Rams? Good, bad, ugly, and how does this impact the Rams for the rest of the season? Um, let's see here. First of all, the Rams came out of nowhere with this because it was yeah. rumored all week and weekend and during the bye weeks and everything that uh, Green Bay, Kansas City, Seattle, and then like the Patriots got in there like the last couple of days. But you know how like you're like you're on an elevator with like I don't know it's like it's really full and the doors yeah. are closing you got that one person going wait 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 and they try to you know stop the door that's the Los Angeles Rams that's what happened <laughs> right. that's what they were today and they right. got OBJ um if you want to sell tickets that's they're definitely going to do that yeah we don't know what OBJ is like this year because when he played he had an AC AC joint sprain so he was out there trying to catch balls with one hand. Not yeah. being fancy with it, trying to be like a real <laughs> receiver with it. So you right, don't right. know what he really has left in the tank, but um, a lot of people think he's going to have a problem like being a number two to Cooper Cup. But you would kind of think they would maybe have to talk about that before they signed him and come to an agreement about that he's not going to be the number one receiver all the time. So, I mean, I right. mean they're in win, win now mode. They got Von Miller, like you said. They just lost to the Titans, though. So let's see what happens. But right. it's a good fit. It's a good fit. As long as they have something left in the take, it, it should work. Yeah, yeah. And this is my thoughts on what's going to happen when OBJ gets to the facility. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> That's what's going to happen, guys. Because let, let me just I, – I just think it's going to be really hard for OBJ um, to accept. I mean, I, I think he'll say the right things, honestly. I think he'll right. say the right things. I think he said the right things in order to get in on this team. I mean, the Rams are definitely uh, on their way up, one of the major contenders for the Super Bowl, and he wants a ring. And that makes total sense. But when he gets on the field and you start and he's not getting targets, I mean, let me, and let me break it down here because I took a look at the total targets this season. This season for the Rams, there have been 283 total targets. 103 of them went to Cooper Cup. That's 36.3% of all targets through the first nine games. Cooper Cup, 69 to Robert Woods. That's 24.4%. 46 each to Higby and to Jefferson. That's 16.3. You know what that leaves left? That's 7% of the targets left <laughs> to go around. 7% of the targets left to go around. So the Rams OBJ. average 31.5 targets per week, meaning that OBJ can look forward to just over two targets a game. Yeah, maybe he steals some of uh, Ben Jefferson's uh, uh, targets or maybe a couple of Higby's targets. I don't think he's taking Cup or Woods' play position. I think they're getting yeah, theirs no matter yeah, what. Sure. And they might yeah. just use them as a secret weapon, like coming off of some jet sweeps or some screens yeah. or yeah. a couple, like a package player, but he ain't getting 10, 11, 12 targets. <laughs> right, right. I, yeah, and I think, that's the, I think that's the key here is that, you know, at best he's looking at like five to six, five to seven targets a game, which is, a, is really good for an NFL receiver, but that's at the ceiling, right? I mean, I think he has also a floor yeah. – of one to two targets. <laughs> so well, I mean, he's, and he's what he's, he's had a career already a little bit. He's already had the highlight plays. He's already had the, right. you know, the, the touchdowns, the catches, the unbelievable catches. So he's at an important time of his career where he's like, he's, I guess he's just ring chasing now. So yeah, he should be yeah. okay with less than five targets or whatever. Sure. And if he so. wants to do, if he just wants to ring chase and he wants to pull, um, 
what is it, uh, like a Le'Veon Bell in Kansas City Chiefs type of thing, you know, where he just wants to ride right along in the background and be out there for package plays. I'm sure that'll be fine. I'm sure they'll be happy. But I just don't see um, a situation where the Rams change up their offense in order to incorporate more OBJ and less Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. I mean, it's – No. And you got to think with the other teams that were in contention – if he would have gone there, he would have been like the wide receiver oh, one yeah. or wide no receiver doubt. one B. And so I uh-huh. guess that means by him not going there, he doesn't want that role anymore, I guess. Because yeah, he could have easily gone to Kansas City and maybe been a Super Bowl threat. Seattle, right. maybe a Super Bowl threat. But going to the Rams, they got that's, – that's a no-brainer. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's really weird. It's good. Yeah. Well, you know what's weird, though? It's like I would have thought the Packers would have been a – I mean, I hate the Packers being a Bears fan, but I would think the mm-hmm. Packers make some sense because you have Devontae yeah. Adams and then Alan Lazard. It's kind of a drop-off there. No, no offense to Alan Lazard, but there's, there's yeah. a little bit of a drop-off. OBJ could be the number two guy in Green Bay yeah. receiving passes from that, you know, um, you know not-so-accurate statement person, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, yeah, that, yeah, I just, that played a part in it, too. Honestly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's entirely possible. That's entirely possible that it all played a part in it uh, as well. And, of course, the Saints, you know, they have the record. They don't really look like they had the firepower to do it. And uh, maybe he just wasn't excited about receiving passes from Trevor Simeon. Um, so maybe that's why he didn't work out in the Saints. But he would have been a clear-cut number one there. The Pats, I thought, was going to be a good place for them because – I mean, you have Mac Jones, you got a young quarterback. They don't have any receiving threats at all. I mean, other than maybe Hunter Henry. Um, so, geez, you would be the number one target by far. Die there for sure, yeah. Right, right. I mean, maybe he yeah. just couldn't deal with working with Bill Belichick. I mean, it, it, it's a very strict system. I don't see OBJ fitting into a square hole. You know, I mean, it's just not something he does. So uh, maybe that's the problem. The other question I have is, what do you think about, you know, locker room issues? I mean, OBJ obviously can be a distraction. Um, and, you know, the Rams don't need that. They've never had that. Now, they have a good, they have a good track record because cornerback Jalen Ramsey was also considered a potential locker room issue after he's forced his way out of Jacksonville. But he has been basically a model citizen uh, and a clear team leader in Los Angeles after getting there in 2019. So, you know, the Rams a good location for someone who might be a distraction in the locker room. But I mean, what do you think about that though? Do you think OBJ will be um, able to ha- able to make that switch, or you think this is going to be uh, an issue? I think you made a great point about the Jalen Ramsey going from Jacksonville to LA. I think that has to do with the the losing culture of the teams that both of these players were on before. Got mm-hmm. a lot of distractions. Like there's no control, no discipline over the team. So then when you get to a team like the Rams who have discipline, who are, who know about winning, and they're all about winning, there's no goofy stuff, no silly stuff, they're efficient, right. you know, by the book, it changes you because you want, you want to be where they're at. That's why you kind of went there. You want success. You want the rings. You want the, you know, the pl- more playing time, whatever it is. So I think OBJ will do just fine. The past couple of years or whatever in Cleveland, he pretty much has kept his mouth shut for the most part. Like, he might have done a couple through actions and not words. But here in this last season, this was his dad. Like, he wasn't saying anything that, at right. least to our knowledge. I mean, behind the scenes is another story. But nothing was reported about him, you know, bad-mouthing Baker after the games or whatever. He was quiet. But then his dad right. kind of all the distractions. So as long as he can keep his family out of his business <laughs> life right now right. in L.A., right. he should be yeah. okay. But – and he's going to be surrounded by Sean McVay, leader, 
Stafford right. leader, Von Miller right. leader, all these no-nonsense right. leaders, Aaron Donald, who's probably like the most yes. Yes. no-nonsense guy in the entire league. Um, yeah, so I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, and I think the bigger question for me, and, I, and I'll believe it when I see it, is when he settles in as being the wide receiver three. I mean, because I, I really do think that um, Stafford has a great connection with Cup and with Woods, and it doesn't yeah. make sense to mix that up. Maybe, like I said, he steals some uh, targets from Higby and Jefferson, uh, and then he has a couple targets left over because Deshaun Jackson's out of there. But, you know, I just don't think you – if you're the Rams, I don't know why you force that. You, don't, you just don't need yeah. to force that issue, you know. Offense is already there. Don't, don't mess with it. <laughs> for uh, for fantasy – yeah, you know. And for fantasy football, I will note this, that if you uh, are looking to consider picking up OBJ on waivers, please – Go ahead and do it. It's, he's a worthy stash. We all know what he can do. He obviously has an incredible ceiling. Um, I just think that the opportunity isn't there. because it's, it's a combination in fantasy football. It's not only skill, it's also opportunity. Right. And he has the skill, no doubt. No doubt that OBJ has the skill, but he probably doesn't fully have the full opportunity here. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that works out. Um, all right. So it looks like we have a, a caller here. Caller, uh, you're on the air. What's your name? Hey, what's up, man? It's Nas. How you doing? Oh, Nas, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, welcome onto the show, buddy. Uh, so you got a question for us about OBJ? Uh, yeah, I, I was listening, so I just wanted to kind of comment on the the distraction and the coaching stuff. Mhm. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just think, yeah, I just think a lot of that stuff is overplayed, man. It's kind of, you know. Years ago in the NFL, some coach's son was killed by somebody named Distraction, and they've been yelling about it ever since, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to mm-hmm. put it, man. Like, it makes no <laughs> sense how much they talk about distractions, man. But ultimately, yeah. I, I think OBJ was a good soldier in Cleveland, but he saw the writing on the wall, like, yo, this is not a good situation. Uh, let me see if I can figure a way out. He got out. But I don't think that guy's ever been a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. He was there for the end of Eli, probably not the best time. You know, to kind of be coming of age, playing with yeah. Eli. That was the, you know, the end of Eli's you right. know, prime, I guess. What wasn't but great in yeah. LA? I think. Yeah, I just think it's a one-year rental. He understands it. They understand it. They're going for a ring. Uh, the Rams have no interest in signing him long term because hell, they don't have the money, <laughs> let alone draft picks. <laughs> so I just think it's just a one-year agreement where it's like, look, we're loaded and we're going for this championship. Are you good coming in and kind of splitting a share with uh, Van Jefferson as a number three guy? So I, yeah. I think he's taking it. Yeah. yeah. Well, if he's doing that, then I think he's going to be very okay. happy. <laughs> but I, I, I do. Yeah. You make very good points on that, man, bro. Good job. That's nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah but so. look, let's flip it, though. Let's, let's, let's flip the scenario. How comfortable are you in Cleveland with giving Baker $150 million guaranteed? Yeah. That's, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> right. You see what I'm right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Not, no. Not, oh well. <laughs> what would be really interesting is if both of these teams meet each other in the Super Bowl this year. That's going to be. Well, <laughs> well, that would be something. Right, that right, would but, be. But Super Bowl, Super Bowl or not, you know that's the going rate. Baker has a number one pick. When you have to re up his option, like you know, we're talking that kind of money. So I mean, I'm yeah. just looking at him like. I think he's a good game manager. I think he's a solid football guy. It's just I don't think you want to pay him first-tier quarterback money. And no, Cleveland, you know, they're well, really balanced good teams. So, I don't, I don't know, man. 
Yeah, well, that's going to be tough. It'll be a tough decision for the Browns, and obviously he's become the face of the franchise, whether they like it or not. So it's it's going to be really challenging for them to make a decision if they want to turn the page on that. Because quite frankly, the Browns have just finally gotten competitive. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's going to be challenging, you know. I mean, of course, they're competitive because of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, not necessarily because of Baker Mayfield. Maybe it's in spite of him. Mm-hmm. But that being said, uh, it's tough. It's going to be tough for them to make those uh, make those uh, choices in the offseason. Well, thanks so much, Naz, for getting on and giving us those comments, uh, some good yeah, questions, good thoughts on. there. I appreciate that. All right, Joe. Thanks, man. All right. Take cool. care. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, turn to the uh, turn to the topic to the uh, to our next topic actually, because there was so much to talk about in OBJ, and we could probably probably spend the whole whole uh, whole time talking about him because there's so much to look forward to, and I'm really excited about that um, about him seeing him on the field and how he fits into this Rams offense. But let's talk about another guy who just signed, and that's Cam Newton, who is now back in Carolina. Now he's the winner of the 2015 NFL Most Valuable Player Award. You know, Newton was also selected in the draft. Believe it or not, a decade ago, a decade ago, I can't believe it's been that long. And the Panthers appeared in uh, Super Bowl 50 because of Cam Newton. So he has now signed a one-year deal to return to the team worth up to $10 million, including $4.5 million fully guaranteed and a $1.5 million roster bonus. Uh, Reunion was set in motion by Panthers coach Matt Rule after Sam Darnold cracked his scapula, which, by the way, sounds horrible. (laughs) Oh, my God, cracked his scapula. And he was put on IR. So. Rule reached out to Newton to gauge his interest in returning to Panthers, to which Newton clearly must have said, quote, I'd, ha- I'd much rather be playing than sitting on a couch. So, yes, that's, that's, I, I, I'm just kidding. I don't think he said that for sure, but I'm pretty sure it was something like that because, uh, I mean, he was kind of hanging around there, and um, your Washington football team wasn't picking it up, and I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, so, you know, great good luck for the Carolina Panthers because Newton – he racked up 31,698 passing yards, 190 passing touchdowns, 5,398 rushing yards and 70 rushing touchdowns over his nine seasons in Charlotte. He holds the Panthers franchise records for QB wins, passing yards, passing touchdowns, and rushing touchdowns. He is the Carolina Panthers. That was actually that winning organization in that uh, time, time, time that he was there. And yeah, who knows what this means for them going forward. He probably won't start this upcoming week 10, but then he may, probably will start in week 11 against guess who? Ron Rivera and the Washington okay. football team who come to Carolina. <laughs> so get any more storybook. I mean, this is just, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, it, it's great. I love the fact that we're going to see that there. And, and I'm going to ask a couple questions here of you, um, Trev. And that is number one, you know, should have Ron, should Ron Rivera have called Cam Newton and signed him for the Washington football team earlier this season. And number, and number two, what does it mean for the four and five Carolina Panthers that Cam Newton is back? Will this have some impact on them? And if so, what? I'm going to go with number two first. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it will have some kind of impact. Um, they have, he has more weapons than he did in New England when he was there and everybody says that he was washed. We didn't have anybody really, I mean, he might've been a little washed, but he didn't have any help to go along with the washing. So there's that. But in Carolina, he's got what, Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore, um, yep. I, know, I know another receiver. I'm probably missing. I can't remember his name. Christian McCaffrey sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so, but he'll bring that running that Sam Darnold cannot provide, and that they're lacking without Christian McCaffrey a little bit. He brings that strong body, big body quarterback that they are also lacking, aka Sam Darnold. So I think. It's, yep. Yep. I think it would be. I don't know if he'll 
you know, go to the Super Bowl or a deep playoff run, but they'll win a few a few more games for sure. Yeah. No, and I think it certainly is good news for all those guys that you just mentioned. But I also think that maybe this is an opportunity for Terrace Marshall to have a little bit of back out, a little bit of a breakout. I mean, their rookie wide receiver drafted out of LSU. He was fantastic at LSU and he has made zero impact in that Carolina offense to my shocking surprise, because they have not been that dynamic. Um, And maybe Newton is, uh, you know, with his veteran presence, able to find him out there, maybe able to, uh, to mentor him a little bit. And maybe Terrace Marshall will have an opportunity to have a little bit of a breakout once Cam Newton gets under center. And I think, quite frankly, that as long as Cam Newton doesn't fall flat in, flat in his face, uh, we probably won't see Sam Darnold back out there, is my yeah, guess. I, mean, I think his yeah. days in Carolina are over. Cam yeah. Newton or not, I think they're done. I mean, yeah. yeah, they're done. So my back to number one, Stanford. Yep. Hell yes, Ron Rivera should have made this <laughs> all months ago. Right. I mean, you just said it. You just said it. He could have brought a veteran presence. He knows Ron Rivera. He knows Scott Turner. And he probably yep. knows the whole staff because we got them all from Carolina anyway, all the way up to the front, I mean, the press box with Mayhew and, and whoever the other guy, Hernia, whatever his name is. Right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, and if it didn't work out, we already know what we have after him. Cameron Heineke, we've already seen him, so it's not like we have the unknown if Cam Newton doesn't work out. Couldn't be any worse than the quarterback play right now that we've had in the past two years pretty much so I said yes I was I was claiming for this a long time ago but apparently they've got some either some major beef or right. Ron just knows something about Cam Newton that no one else in the league knows so I yeah. don't know it's iffy but I, I as a fan and as a as a person reporting on the team hell yes they should have made the call <laughs> months ago. what a bummer huh I would love to have I seen mean, him uh, how he fit in there I think that would have been a great landing spot for him and a great opportunity for both the Washington football team and for yeah. Cam Newton. But, hey, he's in Carolina now, folks. And in for Carolina fantasy football. And of course. Yep. <laughs> and for he fantasy plays football. Week 11, just, yeah, I know. Oh, hey, and get this. Off. You know, I, I imagine how big this is for Carolina Panthers fans, though, because they love Cam Newton, right? I mean, yeah. like, he, he was Robert the man. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Both, them <laughs> together, they were both the man. So, like, yes, I, yeah. I agree. And, and before that, it was like probably saying, well, we'll get blown out by the Bucks on Sunday. But we probably were like, okay, Carolina, Sam Donald's injured. P.J. Walker is good, but he's P.J. Walker. So right. it's like we have a chance to win. But no, now we got to face possibly <laughs> Cam Newton at the storybook because we're going to go – and we're going to get we're gonna, and then this, is a, this is a great lead in because the next topic is going to be Washington football team's outlook for the rest of the season uh, which is going to be something but before we get there let me just quickly say for fantasy football purposes feel free to, in, uh, to invest in a speculative pickup of Robbie Anderson or Terrace Marshall they're both un, way under 50% owned and Cam Newton might breathe some new life into their seasons and before we turn to the Washington football team's rest of season outlook let me just go ahead and talk about our sponsor Manscaped the support for football garbage time is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And, uh, hey, Trev and I have it. Everybody should have it. Two million men around the world have it. So go do it. It's an exclusive it offer. Great. It's a great tool. <laughs> it is a great tool. It's a great, great product, Manscaped. Don't be, a, don't be a tool and get this great tool. 20% off. <laughs> And a free worldwide shipping with the code garbage time at manscaped.com. <laughs> Again, get 20% off free shipping with the code garbage time at manscaped.com. 
com. All right, let's talk about the Washington football team rest of season outlook. Oh, boy. This, right. is, this is fun. So, technically, <laughs> technically, Trev, the Washington football team is out of the playoff race yet. And the fact that the 4-4 four and four Atlanta Falcons hold a spot in the postseason perhaps provides a little bit of hope. The NFL Network's resident analytics expert, Cynthia Freeland, re-ran her predictive model recently to see how many games each team would need to would win in 2021 based on what we've seen so far in the first half. And guess what, Washington football fans, you were looking at maybe three more wins this season because her win total for the team is at 5.2. Um, and, of course, this is down from the preseason predictive model, which said that the Washington football team would win, have 9.2 wins on the season with a range of 7.4 to 12. You managed to come in below the bottom of the range <laughs> somehow. Yeah. You managed to come in below the bottom of the preseason range. All right, Trev, what do you think? Is 5.2 total wins this season too low, too high, or just right? And what do you think the Washington football team have to do to exceed this number? Uh, it's just right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our, our schedule. We've got the Raiders, the Seahawks, Russell Wilson's back, Cam yep. Newton and the Panthers, Tampa Bay on Sunday, and um, – yeah, and then five division games in a row. Right. So, yes, five games total sounds realistic, but thing, going back to last season, we won the division at seven and nine. We came out mm-hmm. and we beat the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, nobody was in the stands, but they hadn't lost the game. That still means something. So, yeah. anything's possible. Um, we could, you know, we could shock the world. Like I said, anything's possible, but realistically, yeah, I think five wins total is. It's right there because our NFC least division is always a good one. I mean, <laughs> Dallas is good now, but Dallas could be Dallas. And then the Giants are coming on right now, and the Eagles are catching a little wind. So it's just – it's a, it's exciting but also very disappointing division at the same time. So, yeah, yes, five and a half wins total is correct, I believe. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I hope, I, I, guess what? I'm going to be um, optimistic and say you'll beat 5.2 wins. I think you're going to get six. I think you'll oh, get six. There you go. There you, go. you heard it here first, folks. College days, if you got six wins, <laughs> we can go to the poinsettia bowl or something. So. That's right. That's right. If, you, if, <laughs> if you're in the college, you could go to the porcelain bowl or something. Yeah, right? be... <laughs> yeah, <whatever. laughs> you know, and yeah. talking about bowl games, there were so many of them. I remember like five years ago or six years yeah, ago, yeah. actually maybe seven or eight years there's, I saw the Beef O'Brady Bowl, and I'm like, yeah. what the hell is the Beef O'Brady Bowl? And so yeah. it was, I'm like, this is a bowl game? I had to look up what Beef O'Brady was, and like, it was like the <laughs> schlockiest takeout beef place I've ever seen. I'm like, oh, my God, they're sponsoring a bowl? If, can, if they can sponsor a bowl, I think we can sponsor a bowl, man. Yeah, we should have a football garbage bowl, time bowl. We have a Trev Bowl. Hey, here we go. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it was crazy because guess who I saw play in that Beef O'Brady Bowl? It was T.Y. Hilton as a college player. It was funny. Yeah, that was the funny time. First time I saw T.Y. Hilton play. I said, that guy's fast. And lo and behold, he's, uh, he's fast. People can't stay healthy. I know. I know. It's a real shame. It's a real shame because he, he is a really great football player, but you're right. He is always perpetually injured, which is a real problem. Um, uh, real bummer because I'd I love to see him be more effective on the field. Maybe he'll get back on at the end of the season. Who knows? But they're doing just fine there, and it looks like Michael Pittman is going to be the new number one there in Indianapolis. And he, boy, has he come on in recent weeks. 
Um, let's go ahead and uh, ring the bell there and actually talk about the uh, next topic here real quick because we really uh, we really dragged on the, OBJ, on the OBJ talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited about it, you know. I mean, there's so much to talk about. But let's talk about the NFC East and let's preview Week Ten real quick. All right. So let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Washington football team. So the over-under on this is 51. Tampa Bay favored by nine and a half. Um, You know what? I'll stop right there for now, and I'll let you sound off, Trev. 31-27, we're going to shock the world. That's it. Okay, all right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm not that optimistic. but (laughs) But that being said, you know, Tampa Bay is not, not, you know, they're not untouchable. They do make mistakes occasionally. So entirely possible. You just did it. You know, you never know what's going to happen out there. That's why, I mean, last week, in particular, week nine, it was full of upsets. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I wouldn't be betting, I wouldn't be betting any money on it, (laughs) is the way I'll put it. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I think the Buccaneers are pretty hot right now. Tom Brady, obviously hot. They Buccaneers, by the way, have the most points per game of any NFL team. So um, that's pretty impressive. Plus, they have um, the six most total yards per game uh, of any NFL team, 433.9 total yards per game. And guess what? The Washington football team allowed the most yards per game at a 401.5. So uh, not great. Not, not great. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. If anything, we'll hopefully see a shootout. If if anything, I hope at least at best case scenario we see a shootout, and we see okay. Taylor Heineke ball out. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Over under 51. You gonna take the over or the under on that? Um, we're gonna play, I'm gonna take the under. We're gonna keep it interesting. We're not gonna get to 50 points. It's gonna be a low okay. scoring game for some reason. Huh? Okay, well, that'd be really interesting. That the Washington football team steps up on defense finally. It, it yeah. only took 10 weeks <laughs> for them to show up. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Great, great. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get to the next game. But before we do that, let's talk about our sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless of hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that had the biggest impact on the game. Thrive is over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes each week and has awarded over $4 million, which is... As we, right, exactly. Evil laugh included. Evil laugh. We'll throw in an evil laugh. Use promo code garbage time when you sign up today and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Again, promo code garbage time. Get a 100% instant first deposit match, $100. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or Play Store or by visiting the website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right, let's get on to the last two games in the NFC East, and that's the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. Man, Dallas Cowboys really fell flat last week. Atlanta Falcons coming on a little bit at four and four. And like I said, they have a place, they have a postseason berth, <laughs> surprisingly. Uh, games 1 p.m. on Sunday, Dallas is favored by nine, over under at 54.5. What are your thoughts on the game here, Trev? Um, I think it's another trap game for Dallas, to be honest. Like you said, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan is catching fire. They're doing this without Calvin Ridley. Um, mm-hmm. They're four and four right now. They look way better. Certainly they, they did when uh, the Washington football team played and beat them. Mm-hmm. And that's being serious. I'm not being snarky. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the, right. way, the way Denver just put it on Dallas last week, kind of punched them in the mouth. If, if that happens again this week, 
I don't think Dallas is built for, I don't know, a comeback. I think it's a trap game. Yeah, yeah. trap game. Dallas I agree. Dallas win, yeah. but Atlanta can win. Right, right. I totally agree with that. But, and they're coming off kind of a emotional loss, I think, um, in the last yeah. game where Dak Prescott was absolutely worthless until the fourth quarter, which was too little too late. And the Falcons are finally figuring out how to best use Kyle Pitts. And I think that now that Calvin Ridley's out of there, it's Kyle Pitts is the focus. Um, yep. And Russell Gage, great role player there. Um, and, you know, I think there's lots of other potential players there that can really break out. And, of course, uh, let's not forget Cordell Patterson, who has oh just God. absolutely renewed his career by I'm being – here, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, thinking to myself now, how did every other team F this up so bad that Coral Patterson every other team because he's been yeah. around the block a few times in NFL. He has, so like, he has, and it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. You know, you come to yeah. the Falcons and then you break out, and you know, you know, well, good, you know, good on the Falcons. Way to find a diamond in the rough there and give him the hey, opportunity hey. to really blast off. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, old in football years, but you know, <laughs> it's not that old. But <laughs> best seasons were like in Minnesota, I'm pretty sure, or something like that, and then. He was yep. okay for you guys in Chicago, but yeah. now he's like, not really. Yeah. But now he's coming back to those Minnesota days a little bit. It's, it's really nice to see. Yeah, no, I agree. And he he's never. I mean, but let's let's be honest though. He he's never uh, broken out like this. Like this this yeah. is um, what he's doing in Atlanta is far outpacing what he's done in any other time of his career. I mean, just just as an example. His best year in Minnesota was his rookie year where he had 459, uh, 469 receiving yards. It, just wow. in the first eight games he played with Atlanta, he has 459 r- receiving yards. So he has yeah. already matched, almost matched his high, his season high on receiving yards in just half yeah, a season. And, and, and now during he's, that and season, he's running the ball more now. Too, yes. So it's like, yes, what? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's and that's exactly that's exactly what I wanted to point out because in Minnesota, his best rushing year was 158 rushing yards. He's already at 278. He's almost doubled that in half the game. I mean, yeah. quite frankly, I will credit the Bears for figuring out that he's a good runner because last year he did get 64 carries, 232 uh, rushing yards. But then we didn't use him in any other capacity, and and the Falcons <laughs> figured it out. They unlocked it, and and you're right, he's 30 years old, which is you know that's not ancient, but that's not young yeah. when it comes to yeah. football. Football, that's old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's catching the ball at an amazing 80.9 percent. 80.9. He doesn't drop the ball, folks. This is this is amazing what he's doing here. So um, great, great to look here. What do you so you think Falcons are going to take this one over the Cowboys? Yeah, because I hate Cowboys. So I feel like I yeah. said, Dallas should win, but Atlanta can win. So it's a yeah, and I'm going. Yeah, I agree. I think Dallas will probably win it, but but I think Atlanta will will easily cover the nine point spread without a problem. Uh, let's get to the last game of the uh, NFC East, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles at the Denver Broncos. 4.25 p.m. game there. Denver Broncos favored by 2.5, over under at 45.5. What are your thoughts here on the Eagles and the Broncos? It's another one. Um, the Eagles are – they have three wins, right? Yes. Um, yes, they do have three wins. <laughs> Den- Denver has, what, four wins Five. Now? Five. Five. Yeah, five. Yeah, they're coming on. I mean – you never know. Denver played looked the best it ever looked all year last uh, against the Cowboys last Sunday. That's um, true. 
And it's crazy because Von Miller was not even in the building. That's, that's, that's right. Anyway. I was shocked at how good the uh, yeah, defense did without him. I was shocked. This is weird. But um, yeah. well, this is another toss-up for me because we don't know if Denver's for real or if that was just a fluke by Dallas or, like I said, Denver's for real. Um, mm-hmm. Is Patrick Sertain healthy? Because I know he went down in the game, but I didn't hear anything else about it. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I think he's still questionable, but I don't see any other designation on him right now. Uh, it's a toss-up. It could go either way. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. agree. I think it's a big, it's kind of a toss-up too. I'm going to take Denver though. I I think that they have some great momentum coming off the last week's win, and mm-hmm. they definitely showed some real heart out there. And, and I've always been a closet fan of Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I always thought that he is better Teddy than everyone. Right. I mean, he he was going to be great. I think he was going to be great until that horrific accident in Minnesota, and then yeah. it kind of derailed his career. And He's having a little bit of resurgence here. I mean, listen, his his uh, his stats this season aren't bad. You know, he's uh, 2,163 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, just five interceptions. It's not that bad. I mean, he's been very, very serviceable, I should say. And back. Yep, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Back to the way he was before he cut his hair. <laughs> you know, Javante right? Williams is a beast. Yes, yes, indeed. Come out of Tar Heel. He is a beast. Yes, um, he is Tim a beast. Tim Patrick is a beast. Like, Absolutely. What? Like, Tim Patrick Absolutely. in that game was phenomenal. Um, right. So, Jerry Judy's there. It's a tough yep. one. Yeah, no offense back, right, exactly what you said, right. Yeah, so, there's lots of... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, momentum there. And on the other side, the Eagles have just managed to lose close games and They've gone to a complete run-heavy offense, which is I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that's going to work, honestly. I mean, they, they all... everybody was like, hand the ball off to Miles Sanders or whatever, Jordan Howard. Now it's like, nah, yeah. we can't sure. keep can the, pass the ball, Jalen. It's like, what do y'all want from this dude? I know. Billy Sanders hey, for you. Yeah, no, and then this is the funny thing about it is that listen, I love Jordan Howard. He uh, obviously started with the Bears, and I, I have his jersey. I, I really like Jordan Howard, and but man, if Jordan Howard is the focal point of your offense right now, you are in trouble. Okay, you are in trouble. Didn't they dump a kid named Devonte Smith? I mean, how is Jordan yeah. Howard the focal point? That's just yeah. Yeah, and Devontae Smith, That's don't get me wrong, he's coming, he's coming on. Devontae Smith is coming on, 537 yards, two touchdowns, and in the last couple of weeks he's been coming on. But they're not really um, scheming for that. They're not really scheming. And they're not letting Jalen Hurts throw, toss the ball around a lot. They're basically making him run an option uh, offense, which is yeah. like, where, what is this? Is this the Navy college football yeah. team, or what is going yeah. on? Why did you draft uh, Devontae Smith if he was going to be yeah. an option? Right, right. Unless they just want to run sweeps all day, you know. They want to. Run, yeah, I don't. I don't know what they want to do here. It seems really weird, but okay. I just don't think the Eagles have uh, an identity. That's uh, and I don't think they're doing things in a way that's going to be winning. I think maybe they'll eke out a win just because they just grind down the clock. But I don't see a lot of excitement right. there. I think Denver takes this one. All right. Well, that is the end of the show, and we only went to a little bit over time. So let's go ahead and hit the air horn okay. on the show. Woo! Just a little bit of overtime. Okay. I love it. I love it. All right. Oh, so, one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Trev, give us your social media so people can follow you. Trev stores WFT, and I'm on Instagram, Trev underscore stores. I'm on Ref the District, co-host with them for that podcast right here at Football Garbage Time. Yes, George Carmi and the boys at Full Press Coverage. Yeah. I'm sir. everywhere. Um, yep. Also, 
ref the, I'm gonna give this out a shout out real quick too. Um, yep. Ref the district. We are releasing a four part series talking to four different women who were involved with the uh, Washington football team investigation led by the lawyer legal team of Beth Wilkinson. Uh, we're releasing episode one tomorrow. It's called Toxic Environment. Everybody, please make sure to tune in to Rep the District YouTube and check that out and get these women's voices heard. It's a big deal. It's very important. Just want to get that brilliant. out there. That's absolutely brilliant. Everyone, definitely do that. A very important story to be told. I'm glad it's coming out in Rep the District. A terrific, terrific. By the way, just generally speaking, everyone, go subscribe. Check it out every week. Rep the District is fantastic. And not only do you get more Trev, but you get a lot of great information out there. And of course, this. Uh, a terrific opportunity to learn something important and uh, hear the voices be heard here. So definitely check that out. Never really follow Trev and you'll find out more interesting facts, like what types of popcorn he likes and things like that. So that's always fun. Yeah. Always fun. It's always fun. That's all I can say. All right. So you can follow me on Twitter at FD garbage time. And as always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, Enjoy your NFL week. Good night, guys.